You're listening to Two Dudes, One Disc. We're the most sought-after music journalists, the greatest minds in the history of... You really gonna make me read this sh- Just read it! <sighs> Take on the most influential albums of all time. Here's your host, Michael Heideman, on Two Dudes, One Disc. Yeah, welcome into another episode of Two Dudes, One Disc. Today we take on the mega smash hit that took three young girls from Atlanta, Georgia to begin one of the biggest, ultimate careers of their lifetime, the biggest group on the planet, Tion Watkins, Rosanda Thomas, Crystal Jones, and Lisa Lopez, otherwise known as TLC. And who better to take on the smash hit than the beat slayer herself, the resident WGN song spinner, and one of the hottest DJs in all of Chicago, Casera Henning, a.k.a. Wow. DJ Cashera. What an intro. What's wow. going on? I don't know if I'm the best person to take on this album, but I appreciate the entire intro. Thank you. Well, we're already into the album, so now you're stuck, and at least yes. till the end. I am I am in it. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do this. So that we, we just listened to the interlude. Uh, the intro interlude, as they call it, the intro lewd yes. of the album, Crazy Sexy Cool. And you were saying just right from the start, it just gets to you, right? Yeah, it's like, because just the way it even kicks off, like you don't even hear any of the girls in the first track. Mm-hmm. It's like you're hearing these guys talk about like what girl of the group they want to chase after. Because um, I feel like each member, while they all embody crazy sexy cool Mm -hmm. just separately looking at every single one of them Mm -hmm. you can see like which one possesses the crazy which one has the sexy which one has the cool um like in my personal opinion i like if you break it down lisa left eye carried the crazy yeah she was like the very outspoken oh you mean the one that uh burnt down somebody's house carried the crazy exactly (laughs) she might carry the crazy a little bit and then like the sexy and cool i feel like mm, i feel like Oh man, I feel like T Boz mm-hmm. carried the cool. Okay. While Chili carried the sexy. Yeah. But I think those two are interchangeable. And none of them were the creep, and that's our first real song on the album. Yes. TLC's Creep. And if you were a kid in the 90s and watching MTV, you this was like your almost your awakening to this band. One of the best songs in the 90s. I think it was on every single mixtape that I heard during that time. Because the beat, like the horns in the background, mm-hmm. just hit in a different type of fashion. But I feel like one of the main reasons why they were so monumental is because they just talk so unapologetically about, I mean, creeping around, cheating, about sexual things. Like a lot, there weren't many women artists mm-hmm. that were even doing this in the 90s or mm-hmm. before that. Um, and yeah. they just they added like an R&B twang to it which was so different and then you still had Left Eye who brought in the rap yeah so you right. never had R&B and rap brought together by women doing it I mean you had Salt and Pepper but they were both rapping mm-hmm. so TLC was the first group to bring R&B with rap as one that's a, you know that's a great thing to to point out is the fact that they brought so much inter- instrumentation into this album that yes. you didn't even see before and especially in a time when hip hop and R&B was really getting its foothold in American culture I mean this was one of the albums that I mean hearing this from the first 10 seconds you're already in you're right like, you're like, I'm into this album yes yeah, and their dance moves definitely stick. Like I play this during my sets, and I still see people that hit the dance moves. 
like the little swing arm with the knees. It's uh-huh. a hit. I don't know what it is, but it's like as soon as you hear the beat, you remember exactly what they did in the music video. Yeah, you know what? We're and on this podcast. We we often watch the clips of the music videos, and we're watching the music video right now. And I, and these immediately flashed me back to being like 13, 14 years old and yes. seeing this and being like, oh my gosh, who are these women? And uh, and made me want to learn how to dance. They, yes. They have hips like Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And like they're wearing these great pajama, like uh, cloth kind of clothes, yes. silky, like silky the outfits, looks. I think the outfits alone are just so important because I feel like they were almost challenging like masculinity mm-hmm. just by their different outfits. Like to where, like Aaliyah did the same thing though. Yeah. So where they're wearing like the different boxers where it was like Joe Boxer or... Fat Farm, whoever was out in the 90s, like you would wear the boxers yeah. and then bring them up a little bit and then have your pants come below them. And they're wearing like flannels, like bandanas around their head, like how Tupac used to wear his. It's like they're challenging what women should be seen as appropriate to wear. That's a, that is so interesting to think about because yeah, the, you wouldn't see a lot of people breaking the barriers with their, with their clothing and then have the, uh, the talent to back it up. You yeah. know? It's like they, they weren't gimmicking for anybody. Right. They were just straight up great artists. Yes, absolutely. Um, that, you know, that's, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost in this music video again. No, it's all good. <laughs> but like, even the pajama sets and it's like, the, it's silky pajama sets, but I think it's the men's cuts. Yeah. It is. Uh, you, it is the men's cut. It's that the was buttoned kinda, down with the pants. That's they're not so in nightgowns. True. Yeah, they're in two piece sets. And especially Lisa Left Eye Lopez, it was the, that great kind of uh, flannel look that you see from yes. '90s grunge. But they were taking it and making their own and bringing it to R and B and hip hop. Yes. Oh. Which also rest in peace, Left Eye. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, we'll get into her uh, a little bit. Oh, she she, she does her uh, handstand across that. Oh, what a great music video! What a great great start to an album. And I mean, actually, she did not like this song. Really? Yeah. How Left come? Eye did not like this song because she. Her thing was instead of telling people to instead of telling a woman like to get back and creep around and cheat, mm-hmm. just tell her to leave. Mm-hmm. So when they were in the studio writing the song and had the idea for it, she was not for it at all, and they got into a lot of arguments over that song. Actually, interesting. I would not want to get in an argument with uh, Lisa. Yeah, Lepta I Lopez. wouldn't either. I would not either with her track record. Not at all. <laughs> Let's get in the next song. Kick your game. Now this is great. We we were talking a little bit about. Um, the album, and I and I was telling you that I owned the album back in the '90s, but yes. I never listened to it all the way through. You're tweaking. What <laughs> What is it about this album that made you really get into it, like from the start? I mean, what what about this album spoke to you when you were growing up? I think, I think one of the first things was that my mom heavily put me on the TLC. Mm-hmm. So I grew up first knowing their very first album Ooh on the TLC tip mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was your other choice for yes, favorite album that was my other choice because <laughs> I feel like both albums are just so important um, like the first album that was like their that was their break like that was their start um, but transitioning from that into this you can just see that they were more so finding their sound like a lot of the first songs on the first album kind of started off the same way with like mm-hmm. the same intro melody and whatnot but with this album it was kind of like they were all finding their own parts of what made them into tlc mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just i don't know i think 
whoever did the production on the beats definitely made it stick. Um, I'm very biased. I'm a 90s head easily. I prefer 90s music over today's music any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it really was was just to see three women of color mm-hmm. like in the media singing and dancing mm-hmm. and like uh, an industry that is very male dominated. Um, it was it was so refreshing to see these three women like killing the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like to an extent like TLC like made a path for Destiny's Child to then come in next and take off and do what they did. It, without TLC, there would absolutely be no Destiny's Child. Yeah. I mean, that's just because there there is no no one who brought the talent like TLC did. Yeah. And then it was it was them. Then and Brandy was getting really big. Yeah. Uh, um, and then yeah, like you said, Aaliyah, and yeah. it was this was the perfect fusion of hip hop, R and B, great pop music, yeah. great beats. I mean, if you look, if you listen purely to the background of this song, it sounds like it could be a Britney Spears song. Yeah, it does. And it and does. So I think that just the perfect interfusion of all these like artists and all this great sound is what made them so great, and that's why this music can live on. It can live on a lot longer than a lot of the pop music that Absolutely. happened in the '90s. Yeah, music. I feel like TLC definitely is one of those groups that made a ton of songs that can still be played today, and it still holds to be very true. Like this song right here is called "Kick Your Game," and it's essentially like calling out men who want to shoot their shot. At a girl, and it's just mm-hmm. like telling them like do it properly, like mm-hmm. come correct or don't come at all. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like <laughs> that is so vital. That was vital then, but I feel like it's even more so vital now mm-hmm. with people trying to tackle toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like they were doing that in the '90s and mm-hmm. didn't even realize it. Like the songs, are, the songs are still hot. Like if you can go anywhere, because I work with a lot of high schools, and there are times where I'll just take a chance and mm-hmm. I'll play like. No Scrubs. That's not on this album, but it's still one of their songs. Mm-hmm. I'll play like No Scrubs or I'll play Creep, and the entire school will know it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, we're, I'm talking like elementary, like age kids, to where they're like maybe eight, eight to twelve years old, and mm-hmm. they know the song mm-hmm. by heart. They love it. They sing like they've been hurt, and it's like you haven't even dated anybody yet. Like, <laughs> why are you singing like this? But it, I think it's beautiful when you can see. Just the type of legacy that artists have left behind, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though they may not be currently making new music and they're not on tour or whatever, their music is still just so generational. Yeah. That is hitting multiple ages. Because, I mean, my mom is, she's in her 40s. I'm in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I love these songs just as much as she does. Mm-hmm. And then I have... Then then to go DJ in high schools and with elementary kids and see that they love the same songs. Yeah. It's like it's it's rare that you see that. How the hell did those kids know what these songs That's are? That's the question. Like every time I do it, a lot of the teachers don't even know it. A yeah. lot of the teachers because a lot of the teachers now I feel like some of them are younger, a lot of them are like middle age. Mm-hmm. But they're constantly trying to keep up with today's newer music, thinking that they need to know that to relate to the kids. Mm-hmm. But then when I come in and I'll play like a full nineties set. And they know all of the songs. The teachers are confused, like, <laughs> how do they know this? They weren't alive yet. Did you just incept our children's minds? Right. <laughs> like, they are so confused. And it's, I mean, because it, now, I mean, you have to think about it. People who are graduating from high school are born in 2000 and later. That makes me, my mind just exploded just now yes. that you said that. Like, people who are leaving high school going into college are now born in 2000 and wow. later than that. Yeah. So... Like, my brother was born in 2003, and he's going into his junior year of high school. Hold the phone. That's—I guess you're right. Yes. 
Oh man, that's that just really made yes, it real. That is that is like how crazy the age gap is. I need I need to calm down a little bit with a little digging on you from TLC. This is honestly <laughs> one of my favorite songs from them. This is this is one of my favorite songs. We're watching again the music video of them coming down in a TLC helicopter. Look, I, I, so I really 90s. miss the helicopter scenes <laughs> in music videos because I feel like almost every artist had at least some type of scene where there was a helicopter or an airplane and it was always in the desert. Like, oh, yeah. P. Diddy did it with Maze, um, Tupac, and... With uh, California and, Love. Yes, California <laughs> Love did it. Mariah Carey did it with Honey and she was like, had the helicopter and she's jumping in the pool. Yeah. I feel like a lot of 90s artists always had a helicopter. And where did it go? It's like, That's I mean, they're still around. Man, I feel like 90s has some of the best music video concepts ever. They really do. Do you have a, do you have a certain favorite '90s music video that you can just recall? Oh, Missy Elliott, "Can't Stand oh, the Rain." God. I think that That's... one. Um, TLC's. Um, oh, what about your friends? That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Or "Ain't Too Proud to Beg," because uh, "Left Eye" had a condom around her eye, it <laughs> Wait, cut out of glasses. Why, why do I remember that? What, is that? I don't know that what pop- it is about popular? that, but I remember that. So so clearly because mm-hmm. it was like so outlandish like who is like i remember people would get mad like who is this girl why does she have a condom in her glasses and it's like it's almost like she's telling you like people are gonna have sex regardless yeah you might as well just preach about safe sex yeah and i feel like she was definitely doing that by putting a condom in her glasses you know, but isn't she worried about like a staph infection or something you know no nah, i mean it was oh. in the rapper oh, it, it just all it was still in the rapper, rapper. Okay, yeah that's good. That's yeah good. but i remember that one vividly it was green i know it was a green condom i don't know why i remember that so vividly uh, you know what we have the power of the internet i could look it up for us real quick yeah. too. you know actually i've been thinking about doing that for my sets you know you just should. around the city just you, you know, should condom in the eye you should yeah, i think it'd be you know i'd, pre- I'd preach safe sex it challenges so much yeah it does I just need to know where to buy them. I mean, that's the only that's the only hard I mean, But it's, it's you can get them for free. That's the thing. Like they give out condoms so easily for free. I think they should give the same energy to like giving women uh, tampons and pads. Yeah, because it's like sex is a choice. Um, you know, you, you choose when you want to have sex. Women cannot choose when they want. Um, when when they want to catch their period. See mm-hmm. right there. I see. I see it now, man. Boom. That, could there be a more 90s photo, by the way? Does she wear this on the Oprah show, too? Yeah. See? That right there. Wow. That is what I remember so vividly. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, for people who are listening in, they're like, what the heck are you guys right, talking Right, they're like, what the hell are they looking at? <laughs> We're looking at, like, a straight out of um, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode. It's like, this, yeah. it's a green hat. We're talking uh, yellow shirts, bright, bright colors. And then, of course, a big old green condom in the, at least the left eye at Lopez's glasses. Yeah. Um, um, wow, you know they went for it, and they weren't afraid of of being themselves. They were which is so really cool. unapologetically themselves. That's that is so rare to find because it's it's hard to be that genuine and that far out and not look like you're faking it. Right. Like there's a lot of artists today who try to have a team behind them to be like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we could do some research. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking condom in the eye this week. Yeah. And it's like it's like oh, we got to Instagram that, we got to do that. This is before there was any social media. And right. They were doing social change before social media. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think, plus, they just seemed like so much fun, but also, like, they were really, really young. I've watched almost every TLC documentary there is. Um, How old were they when they when they put out this album? Because this, this came oh. out in, in on November 15th, 1994. See, I wasn't even born yet when this album came out. Wow. I wasn't even born yet. 
I remember when 1994, it was probably one of the best years for music because if really? you think about it it was this album had just dropped Weezer's the blue album dropped there was okay. a lot of great rock albums that came out but at the same time um, hip-hop and R&B and the MTV era was just the Insane. biggest thing making music videos was I'm was jealous key. that I wasn't like older during this era I feel like I caught the tail end of it. I think you're doing just fine with the with the age you got. I think you got. Thank you. You already know all the songs and all the kids. That's the thanks too. to my mom. When I tell you, my mom put me onto everything. Yeah. She put me onto everything, like Tony Braxton, Mary J. Blige, TLC, Aaliyah, everybody and anybody. Mm -hmm. Genuine, like my mom. But my mom was like. Because I listened to her and her friends talk, and they would always say that my mom was the one that was always up on music, like mm -hmm. before it would get hot, mm -hmm. like. Wow. Yeah, it's like Tony Braxton and John B. She was like listening to them for like a year or two before anybody else really gave them the time of day. Man, do you do you think that? I mean, obviously that's probably where your musical inspiration came from. But do you remember that first album your mom might have put on when you're like, wow, you know, music could is kind of my thing. I think that I could turn this into something that I can make money with. You know what? I don't think I ever thought about it like that until I hit high school. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, when I was in eighth grade when i graduated my mom just like out of nowhere decided to hit up one of the um one of the talent that was on one of the point five at the time his name was scotty k okay and he just told her like hey my daughter graduated from eighth grade can she come shadow you at the station and he said sure um like my mom is like super mom i swear but i went and i shadowed and it was like yo this is cool and then I went through our high school and I always said that in the back of my mind, but didn't think much of it. Mm -hmm. I originally wanted to study forensic science. Mm -hmm. And then... Forensic science? Yeah. Wow. Way left field, I know. Because Sarah the scientist? Yeah. Oh, I man. loved, I I mean, loved I can, forensic I can see science. That. I can see it. Yeah, I love forensic science. But it was literally maybe like six months before graduation. And I was like an Illinois State scholar. I got into all these different schools and universities. Mm -hmm. And I started really thinking like, do I want to work in forensic science for the next 50 years? Mm -hmm. Like, will I be happy? And my mom was like, you know, you could do radio. You like music, like talking to people. So I went on a whim. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll try out radio. And I went to Columbia and I fell in love with the school just from like going to an informational meeting. And that was it. I went to Columbia. My freshman year, I started DJing, mm -hmm. and I think my mom saw the potential in it before I did. Mm -hmm. I just looked at it like, oh, this is just like a class I'm taking. It's a cool hobby, whatever. And all the music that I was spinning then was music that I already downloaded because of her. Mm -hmm. So I started off already having like 500 songs in my library wow. off Jump. And my professor was even impressed. He was like, I'm surprised you know these songs so well. Mm -hmm. Um and then from there, my mom would just always give me little hints like, you should get business cards. You should invest in this. You should buy this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And now it's to the point where I basically DJ full time. Yeah. And she loves it. Like, she loves all the different gigs I get booked for. She comes to whatever she can. But I know for a fact that a lot of the reason why I am um, doing as well as I am is because of the music that she put me onto when I, when I was little. Mm -hmm. And I think... I really think that some of the most monumental artists are like mainly women. Um, but also there's some rappers in the early 2000s. Like she took me to my first concert when I was like eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. And I went to go see Nelly. 
Okay, okay. And I think I think Nelly and Fat Joe. Nelly early two thousands, Nelly. Yeah. Wow. Early two thousands, Nelly, like Saint Lunatics. That was hot Nelly. here. Yes, <laughs> Nelly. Yes, Saint Lunatics, <laughs> Nelly. And it was so cool. And I just remember like sitting there, and I'm just looking at all the bright lights, and uh-huh. Nelly comes out. And it was really, really cool. But she took me to a lot of concerts when I was little. So I was always hearing DJs. Mm-hmm. And I always knew who my favorite DJs were on every single radio station. I just didn't imagine that I would one day be a DJ. Yeah. Yeah. And now you are. You know, it's because I think that you surrounded yourself with a lot of real people. Yeah. And you did not do a case of the fake people. No, Which not is at our all. next song. Case of the Fake People by TLC. Not at all. So let's th- keep going with your just your story. It's incredible to see where you've gone to because your mom made you the outlier from the get-go. I yeah. mean, you had that musical mind before anybody even put a record in your hand or you got even to spin your first disc. Yeah. My um, mom, oh man, when I was little, my mom always had a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, she had an Explorer and then she got her dream truck was an Expedition. But... I don't know if anybody, I mean, I hope people remember, but you used to put like these CD cases on your visor to hold your CDs. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yes. Yes. And and like the big old fat Bible books that you have too. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have the Bible book, but she had the visor things, but she would like stack in CDs to where like the first opening would have like 25 CDs in it, just straight CDs. And then going back from there, it'd be at least four to five CDs in every single slot. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, if she would hit a bump or a turn too hard, <laughs> CDs would come falling in your lap. So mm-hmm. I was constantly just seeing CD covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that, you know, we've moved to a digital age, she doesn't use the CDs as much. I've taken all her CDs mm-hmm. and just burned every single one into my library. Mm-hmm. Just have all the songs. But I just so vividly remember, or like she would ask me to give her a certain CD out of, of like the passenger side, and I would know where the CD was, or at least what it looked like, because mm-hmm. she would always explain to me like what the cover looked like, because yeah. it may not have the artist's picture on it, but she would just say like, "Oh, get the Janet Jackson CD. It's black and has uh, white and gray spots tri- like trickling down it." Mm-hmm. So I would remember what the CD cover looked like, which is exactly what the album cover looked like. They weren't that clever with album designs no, in the 90, early 90s and early 2000s. They kind of had like their own template for that. Exactly. That is so interesting that your your mom would uh, would have you look for these album covers, and that's kind of what stuck with you in your mind. Yeah. So was art really important to you as far as, because as people may or may not know, you're a DJ here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You drive around in your own custom. <laughs> in the DJ car. DJ the cash car. mobile. <laughs> now, and it has your logo on the side of it. Yeah. So how important is art when it comes to your music too um i think art is so crucial Mm -hmm. um and various forms of art not just visual art i got my start in djing like my very first paid gig was doing poetry bouts Mm -hmm. so i hold poetry bouts to a very high esteem in my heart Mm -hmm. that's that they will always have my heart no matter what what do you mean by poetry bouts so i work with uh young chicago walk that's louder than a bomb Mm -hmm. and they hold the world's largest youth poetry festival in the world and a poetry bout is where you have these poets come up and it's a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go up, they read their poem, and you have five judges that give them a score from zero to ten. Um, and that's 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 the competition. Mm-hmm. But it's always these schools and it's different kids from all over the city of Chicago. And they go up against each other as a team. But, excuse me, they'll do 
individual poets, so just one person goes up by themselves. Then they do a team, like a group piece, mm-hmm. and you have four people go up and do one poem together. Wow. But, I mean, they add in theatrics, they add in, like, singing, mm-hmm. dancing, everything, mm-hmm. and it becomes an entire performance that you're is watching. Is it pre-written? Or they is, pre-write they, it. Okay. They pre-write okay. it, they rehearse it, they memorize it. But I mean, it's still just, and then, but their poems are always so hard hitting, mm-hmm. and they talk about things that are like political, mm-hmm. emotional. Sometimes they even cover like traumatic experiences that they've all gone through, mm-hmm. and it's just, um, it's amazing to watch these these young people of Chicago and beyond go on a stage and just talk about what they've been through, um, and it's very inspiring. So I hold that to a very high esteem forever and always. Um, as far as any other art. I love recap videos of events. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had a I had an artist make one for one of my previous events, and watching the recap video, I felt like I wasn't even at the event myself. I was just <laughs> like, "Where was I at for mm-hmm. this? I missed everything." Um, you were working. You were you were behind. I the, was so the booth. I was so working that event. Like I. I watched the video and I was just like, wow, this looks like a really, really nice event. I wonder who put this on. And he he told me, he was like, oh, this is your video. I was like, oh, this is my event. Wow, I did a really good job. Thank you so much. Like, I had Pay no idea. Back. Um, and then with my logo, I love my logo. Yeah. I, Where did it come from? Wait, actually, hold on to that story real quick. Let's dive into our next uh, let's song. Do it. it's, the, it's the interlude, the crazy, sexy, cool interlude. I like how they had multiple interludes. You know, uh, that's another thing that's kind of lost. Uh, and we're going to pause. We're going to talk about the logo in a second. But, like, it's kind of lost in the 2019 music scene. as because I, I, I think it comes from our lack of attention. But yeah. remember when Marshall Mathers came out? I mean, he did all those yes. little skits. And then... There was um, a Snoop Dogg did a lot of skits too, yes. and now it's kind of a lost art form because nobody's listening to CDs anymore. That's facts. Yeah, it's rare that you have artists put out an entire project where you play the entire album, mm-hmm. and even I, I can admit that I fall guilty of that because I feel like there's just always new music being released it's, every single day. It and there's so many platforms that you can find music yes. on right now that it's yeah. not even fair to like SoundCloud, Tidal, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Music, Pandora. It's like nonstop music just every. YouTube. Single you day. Can just throw something up yes. on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's hard to keep up with for sure. So I can honestly admit that it's rare that I listen to an artist's full album. I think the last full album that I listened to was Lil Nas X's EP titled Seven. How many did it have seven tracks on it? How many how long was so. it? It was just I mean, it might have had seven. Okay. I don't remember how, how many was songs that EP? Actually I liked it. I yeah. feel like it, it's like a roller coaster because he has like a song on there that's rock he has the country song mm-hmm. he has like a pop song mm-hmm. he has hip hop on it it's like literally I feel like that man covered almost every single genre except for gospel where the hell did he come from too because he's only like 20 years old right yeah he's super young um I don't even know like when he dropped um Old Town Road it didn't get much traction until um is it Triller Thriller little video things people make oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 the song got uh, blown up because of that it was kind of like the same fate as uh black beatles by mm-hmm. ray Schremer. like oh my like when yes. black beatles first yeah. came out 
they gave it to radio stations and nobody was playing it. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on Triller or Thriller, whatever it's called, that app, they Wait, started making what videos. Is it, what is this app again? Triller? Triller is like the, I think, I'm pretty sure it's called Triller. I don't want to call it the You're wrong You're going to just teach me like all these new things. I'm oh, gonna be, please. I'm You're the one with the fancy dying. camera up here. I'm I'm so behind on everything. You're referring to the Mevo that we have. We have a Facebook Live going on right now. Yes. And, and I can't believe you've never seen this before. No. This is old school. Like this I'm, is the old Wait. this is the this is the old man pretending to be cool it's like hey look i found a camera <laughs> look at me i found look, a camera i'm with you the kids you win but yeah it's called triller and it's just triller. a social video platform um it's kind of like uh dub smash okay i know what that is yeah, yeah it's kind of like dub smash all right it's triller all right let's dive into our next song real quick tlc's red light special mm, i feel like this is where you definitely hit the the sexy half of the album. Well, it's funny you say that because I think with the interlude, they're just kind of telling you a story with this album. And that's what I was kind of, when I was looking at these the track titles and everything, Yeah, they are taking you from, hey, we're going to uh, hit you in the face with Creep and, and, and get you really, it's a real album right from the start. But, you know, we like to get sexy a little bit. Yeah. It's almost like you mentioned before. It's the crazy in the beginning, the sexy, sexy in, the middle, in the middle, and then the cool, cool at, at the end. end. Absolutely. And this goes into with Red Light Special. Um, all right, so we were talking about your logo. Yeah. Uh, so where did this inspiration come from? <laughs> and, and for people who don't know, it's this cool, like, um, futuristic blue logo that you came from. I mean, where did the colors, the design, tell me all about it. Oh, man. Uh, so actually, this guy, his name is Barry. We worked together at AMC Movie Theaters. And... He told me how he went to college to be a graphic designer, but he wasn't using his degree like that. So mm-hmm. I told him, like, you know what? I'm a DJ. You know, can you make me a logo? And he was like, sure. And he knew that I loved 90s music. So he sent me an email with, like, 10 different designs. Mm-hmm. And, like, 7 out of the 10 had, like, a 90s feel to it, be it that it was, like, mimicking the Friends logo or the Martin TV show logo. He was doing stuff like that. But... Something about the one that I picked, mm-hmm. it just kind of stuck to where I looked at it and I'm like, mmm, yeah. this is different. Like, mm-hmm. I like this. And I posted, like, my top three favorites on Facebook. And the one that I selected won by a long shot. <laughs> um, so, you know, I paid him for it. He sent me all of the all of the rights to it and whatnot. So I 100% owned the logo. And then from there, it was just kind of like, what to do next? So then I went and bought business cards um, the car came along two years ago, mm-hmm. and this is my, I'm going on six years of DJing. Mm-hmm. So the car came along because um, with my equipment, I always I always had like a primary car. Mm-hmm. But I used to have a Chrysler 200, and it was like putting speakers in there was a hassle because mm-hmm. it was a regular car. And then um, after that car, I ended up getting a Mazda truck, which I still have now, but it has leather seats. Mm-hmm. It's like no one wants to really mess up leather seats and with equipment. No, I was going to say, yeah. So, and they get hot. Yeah. Putting, putting your electronics on there wouldn't be a good idea. Horrible, because I hate even putting my back on the leather seats when it's too hot <laughs> outside. Um, but I saved up a lot of money. I had a, yeah. a, a gig that paid a, a lot, like the, my highest paid gig ever. So I like threw half of it towards my student loans and then... I originally wanted to buy a convertible, mm-hmm. so my mom was like helping me go find a convertible, cause I was like, I like I have, I'm making good money, I can afford two cars right now, so we went to go look for a convertible, 
And I was dead set on finding a Mitsubishi Eclipse because I loved the movie Fast and Furious. I wanted to call it what Tyrese I was like, yeah, I was like, why such a specific yes. car? This is going to come full circle in about two minutes. I promise you. It's a beautiful story now that I'm thinking about it. So we're looking at this one car, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's okay. And my mom is just like walking around the lot and she finds a Chevy HHR. But it's a two-door, and the entire back is just, like, plain white space. Okay. She was like, can I see the trunk of this? And it's all cargo space in the back. It's a two-seater with just cargo space. Mm-hmm. So my mom was just like, Sarah, I know you want to convert it, but mm-hmm. what if you bought this instead? And then just tricked it out with your logo and stuff and use it as a DJ car. Mm-hmm. And she said it. I was like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> I came here for a convertible. <laughs> and then you I mean- went home. And slept on it. I was like, hmm, that's a tax write-off. <laughs> okay, let me go look at this car. So then I started going on the hunt to find a Chevy HHR instead of a convertible. Like, she just squashed all my dreams real quick with it. Wow. But Just I, one comment. Just one comment. My mm-hmm. mom just, she, my mom has a tendency to, like, have a really great idea. Mm-hmm. And she'll just say the bubble idea and mm-hmm. then let you figure out the rest. Uh, armed moms, they're the best at that. That's like a, that's some kind of like ninja skill they That's have. her favorite thing to do. So I started the search to find the car. I found one on Facebook. Went through a ton of hassle to get the car. Um, but I got it. And then from there, I was just tricking it out. So there's a logo shop by my house. I had them put the logo on it really, really big. Mm-hmm. Um, I got blue underlights on it. So at nighttime, it lights up. I oh, have no f- I have ground effect lights on it. Um, that's my my priorities were like I want to be seen let me put lights on the car Um, and then from there I just started adding more and more to it Mm -hmm. to where maybe four months later I got a full wrap on the car Mm -hmm. so now the hood of the car is decorated the entire body of the car has graphics on it the back window has graphics on it Entire car is tricked out. It's pretty damn recognizable too. Yeah, you you've can't had miss pe- it. You've had people like on the on the road like take photos of it and send it yeah, to you, right? Yeah, all the time. Whenever I take the car out, especially out here in Chicago, mm-hmm. it never fails. Either someone will yell at me while I'm driving, or people will just take videos as I drive by, <laughs> and then post it on Instagram and Facebook and tag me like, "Look who I saw today." Um, but it's even better when my mom takes the car and she mm-hmm. drives it around because uh. sometimes like. Right now, I own three cars, mm-hmm. but sometimes she'll be like, "Well, hold the f- you own three cars." Yeah, I went back and bought my convertible. I've got oh, the no, car, like Tyrese. <laughs> I got it. I bought the car. I and bought it, like ladies and gentlemen. It all, it's all come full it's circle. All full circle. You yeah. went back and bought your dream car too. I bought. I bought the dream convertible. Wow. I did. I bought it literally like three months ago. Oh my gosh! That congratulations. Is my Thank you. Thank you. What I'm color so is happy. it? It's black and white. It's two tone. Okay, that's it's it. very that car is customized and very recognizable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I'm in the convertible or in the DJ car, you will see me from a mile away. <laughs> you cannot miss it in either car. Um, now with your with your wrapped uh, DJ mobile, it's, yeah. it's almost like your Blues Brothers kind of car. People yeah. are just like, damn. Yeah. There she is. Essentially, uh, wh- do you ever get stopped? Like you're you're at McDonald's or something, and somebody's like, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm I, I, our wedding DJ dropped out. I saw your car. Uh, here's yeah, my card." I have people. It's funny. Like I'll park the car, and if I'm walking up to it, people, we'll just take a picture of it, mm-hmm. and I'll hear them walk away. Like so and so needs a DJ for their birthday party, and then they'll send me an email like two or three hours later, and not even know that I was walking up. That behind is them. genius, man. 
Man, Casera, you're 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 smarter than anybody. That's my room. mom. That was all on my mom. <laughs> your mom, I I love it. Your mom is a good wise go to. Yes, I guess. she's your sage almost. Yes. Um, okay, so let's do a quick pause. Back into the album. Um, Waterfalls is our next song. Yes. This song is by far one of the most famous songs of all time. Definitely by TLC. And this music video was just instrumental in creating their sound and showcasing them to the world. Absolutely. Such a 90s vibe. Starts them out standing with them on water. On water. Like, uh, like surging and transforming from water mm. to themselves. Uh, Waterfalls, it was actually written by group member Lisa Lefty Lopez, we mentioned before, with Marquise Etheridge and Organized Noise, who produced the song. Uh, Rosanda Chili Thomas and Tian Tibaz performed the song as well. And it's funny to think that Lisa Lefty did a lot of the writing because she's so introspective, and mm-hmm. yet she just keeps her juicy spot and just hits that great rap in the middle of it. Yes. Um, it's it's one of the uh, most amazing songs ever. The, the lyrics of the song reference a 1990s issue uh, that was really going on as far as violence goes, illegal drug trade, HIV, AIDS epidemic, and... Um, they really focus on this one lyric here that goes, his health is fading and doesn't know why three letters took him to, to his, his final, final resting, resting place. place. Wow. Yep. You know, you never ever think about this when you're watching it on MTV, how deep these songs go. Yeah. And this is, I'm, I'm so excited that we took on this album because I I would have never guessed that they had such a social impact with, yeah. their, with their lyrics. Absolutely. This song definitely hit on many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just watching the music video, you can see the impact that it has. Because um, the first verse talks about like a troubled son not mm-hmm. listening to his mother and uh, trying to, you know, evade trouble and still gets caught up in it. Yeah. So we're watching the music video right now. And I remember this music video because very intently, because this was very scary for a young kid to watch the troubles on the street. And yep. also, sidebar, it showed me that. Um, shooting the gun on sideways for the first time ever and then that all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden that was in like every single movie like yeah. from, from there on out as like the, and then I remember thinking in the playground people would be like no 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 if you if you if you do the gun sideways the bullets go faster yeah like, yeah <laughs> but it's such a uh, what I'm I'm making a joke but I'm saying it's a very stylized music video Absolutely. to show street violence and um, yeah. and just it covers so much and then even just like the chorus of don't go chasing waterfalls mm-hmm. please stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to mm-hmm. um it's kind of like yes aim for bigger but also like realize your humble beginnings yeah like don't don't go for something so big and you're not ready to handle it yet yeah um almost like pace yourself so and also like to heed the caution i think that's like a major a major major takeaway of this song mm-hmm. to always be cautious and very aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. um I don't think that there was another song on this album, maybe besides Creep, that got more radio airplay than this song, too. And yeah, a lot of people just... I don't just, think so, either. Yeah. Which is sad, because honestly, Digging on You is one of my favorite songs. Digging on You? Yeah, Digging was, on You is definitely one of my top songs. That was a pretty dope song. Um, let's dive into our next song, then. I mean, let's do I, it. everyone's heard Waterfalls. Uh, it's the another intermission. Intermission, Lude. Yes. Nine. Number nine. You know, another person who had a lot of interludes and, and skits 
from the 90s, one of the greatest albums of all time was uh, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Yes. Um, who, yes. That's uh, Domati Pongo's favorite album. It is? Yeah. Holy smokes. Shout out to Domati. Oh, I miss Domati. Yeah, that's the homie. Have you caught up with him lately? I'm actually going to New York in September to make my DJ debut, so I plan on meeting up with him while I'm out there. DJ debut in New York? Where are you going to be spinning at? I'm spinning at two of the Soho houses. No. And then oh, come on, a shoe house. boutique out there called uh, Koi is mm-hmm. going to be hosting a private event that I will also be DJing at. Wow, and I'm invited. Thank you so much. Yeah, come it's on out. <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, please. Next song, Let's Do It Again. Yeah, th- well, with that, was it Miseducation that was after this album, obviously, right? Or was Ooh, it before? I can't I remember. Know. That's a good question. I have no idea whatsoever. That was battling of two of the best R&B songs that there, or albums that there ever were. I yeah. Mean, that's, did you see her, Lauren Hill, back in Pitchfork last year? I did. Yeah. What did you think of that? Uh, it was amazing to be in the room with her yeah and just be able to experience that it was definitely amazing now what is you know it's it's funny to think about 90s music because i was we were listening to sugar ray's surprisingly enough album sugar ray and okay. uh, with ashley uh Byhan. and when we were looking into that i did some research and mark mcgrath said something very interesting to me he was talking about 90s music and how it prevails mm-hmm. and he said well in the 80s even though a lot of the 80s music was really good mm-hmm. it was kind of goofy and you know there was something about once 1990s hit and nirvana came out and just smashed down everything we knew about disco music yep. pop music it opened the doors for this really different uh socially conscious but also very very gritty cool music you know right and uh that is what made 90s music prevail because everything else that came before it was kind of a joke right and that's why we can look back at 90s music and be like oh that was a really good time for that music and and listen to this some it's it's still it still keeps up today yeah for sure i think the thing with the 90s is like that was one of the few if not the only generation to where you were able to have all these different genres of music exist together at the same time Mm -hmm. to where you could hear TLC, Nirvana, and all these other genres. And it wasn't like they were, yeah, they were competing against each other, but they were all able to exist within their own right. Mm -hmm. To where like now, if you hear, if someone drops a great rock song or Mm -hmm. a great country song, you're only going to hear it if you follow that genre heavily. Yeah. Like even, I feel like even the top 40 stations don't follow the same format they used to. No. I haven't. What, I can't even remember the last time I listened to Top 40, 40 Radio. Mm, I don't. I stopped listening to them because, like, when I was younger, my mom would always take me to the B ninety six Summer Bashes, yeah. and it was like, yeah, the lineup would be like T Pain, Sierra, Rihanna. The, wow, this is really this is really throw throwback. Jesse McCartney, like <laughs> just a very wide span of just so many yeah. different artists. But you had like the hip hop, the R and B, the pop, the country, whatever. Like you were going to hear everything at the concert. But now you hear their lineup, and it's just all like teeny bopper. And mm-hmm. I like half the artists I don't even know. I'm just like I don't know who any of these people are. I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird i think that's why music especially music festivals have kind of become oversaturated yeah to be honest absolutely i think pitchfork and manby are probably the only two that 
are actually enjoyable because they bring out such a, a wide variety of artists. Yeah, I mean Lala. Now it's like, uh, well, it's so I've never hot. even been to Lala. Oh, you haven't? I've never gone to Lala before. Oh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I've avoided it. Maybe your first, like, uh, when you get there for the first time, it could be when you're performing. That's what I want it to be. Are my you... first time going to any music festival in Chicago was me performing at them. At w- are you going to perform at Mambi again? I don't know. I'm okay. still working on it. Okay, we still. shall see. We shall see. I, <laughs> I thought, hope we, were, so. I thought we were about to get an, an exclusive. No, I don't have any big exclusives on festivals this year. Okay. Not not yet. You've been pretty busy though, right? Super busy. Yeah, last month I did 27 events in 30 days. Jeez. All right, let's dive into the next song. If I was your girlfriend. 27 events in 30 days. In 30 How do you days. keep up with your stamina? Because I think you're har- the most hardest working woman in the biz. <laughs> it, let alone woman, any person in any business. Thank you. You, you, Thank you. you bust it every single day, whether it be here at Crushing It at WGN, during your DJ sets on, on the weekend. I think Thank one you. day I got done with work and you were there in the evening and then I saw you at like... Uh, some at the Ace Hotel or yeah. something spinning yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I um, oh, I don't know. Honestly, I think I think my stamina is so high because I'm really doing this like for me and for my family. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like I look at it as like my success is also a way to like one encourage other people. Like I want to be like uh, an encouraging piece for people who are younger than me. In any intersectionality that I exist in, be it that they're queer or they're mm-hmm. a person of color, they're a woman, whatever it is. Um, so I do it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I do it for myself because it's kind of like I feel like I'm living a dream. Like I tell my friends that all the time because mm-hmm. they're all like, I wish I had your job. Like your job is so easy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's easy, but also it's very emotionally and mentally tiring. Yeah. Because it's like every event I go to, I have to be happy, bubbly, energetic. So it's like, if something's going on in my personal life, I can't let that show when I'm mm-hmm. working. I have to like put it away and pause it and go back to it later. Um, I really think that just driving around is like the leading cause as to why I'm always so bubbly. I love driving around in my car. You love driving in your car? I just love driving in my car. That's it. I love driving around. Um, and when I'm driving, I play the most random music. I, my playlists are very sporadic. Like, one day I might be in the mood just to hear Matchbox 20. And that's all I'll play the entire time. <laughs> a little push or 3 a.m.? Yeah. You're like, just like, I'm feeling it. Yes. And my friends, like, some of my friends stopped writing with me because they were like, can I write with you to your gig? And I'm like, sure. And I'll play the most off-the-wall music that I will never play during my set. Mm-hmm. And they won't understand it. And it's like, I don't want to hear what I have to play in an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to hear it. I avoid it like the plague. So... No, I totally yeah. get that. I totally, totally get that. I'm the same exact way when I'm when I'm uh, at home or I'm, I'm practicing music. I listen to nothing. Or, or if I'm going to be playing a gig and I, I play a lot of folk music, a lot of covers and stuff like that. It's right, always which like, you are killing the game right now. You are talking about me. You are killing the game right now. I don't know what game you're talking about, okay. but it's very much alive at the moment. Uh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> thanks. Keep going. Thanks, Casera. Of course. Um, but when I was, when I, but when I'm playing and I'm practicing, I need to be in a different mindset. I listen yeah. to a lot of sad songs when I'm just trying to play music because mm. all my music is so happy. Because gotcha. most of the time, see, I don't play a lot of sad songs. Well, you're a DJ at, and you're you're supposed to get people to dance. What are they going to do? Slow dance all your songs? Actually, you know what? It's crazy. <laughs> I started doing a lot of silent parties lately. 
And for whatever reason, R&B slow songs mm-hmm. really like dominate the channels. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. So silent, you're talking about when you can go to a DJ and you, everyone gets their own Everybody gets their own headphones. And it's like three DJs on three separate channels. Mm-hmm. You can just choose between what channel you want to listen to. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's so prevalent that I just got booked for another one in two weeks. And my channel is the R&B channel. Wow. I'm playing all R&B the entire time. Man. And where's that going to be? Happy's Bamboo Lounge. Oh, man, that's a great name for a venue. Yeah. <laughs> Happy's, Bamboo Happy's Bamboo Lounge. <laughs> uh, let's go to our next song. Just It's another interlude. It's called Sexy. Um, just showcasing a phone call. A lot of interludes in this where it's getting taken to a lot of different parts of the yes. journey. But this is, like we said, probably the sexy portion yes. of the album. Uh, when you're DJing, is there a certain song that is like your go-to, like this is going to turn the party up song? Oh, that type of song? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Old Town Road. Oh, mm-hmm. Old mm-hmm. Town Road is that song. Or uh, Suge by the Baby. Mm, Lizzo right now is actually like a really good yeah. party starter. Lizzo's Truth Hurts mm-hmm. hits pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper's No Problems mm-hmm. is always a good hit, especially here in Chicago, because mm-hmm. it's like we ride so heavy for Chance the Rapper. Yes, we do. Yes, um, we do. This is how we do it by Montel Jordan. <laughs> no Squares by TLC. Uh-huh. Um, Work by Rihanna. Okay. Murder She Wrote by Shaka Damis. Um, actually, you know what? Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Oh my! I don't know what it is about that song. Classic. But that song, no matter where I'm at, everyone starts singing in unison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never fails. Um, now, w- since you are a DJ, this is this is kind of an. Uh, I love how they're doing these little interludes. By the way, uh, they were just so goofy. They were and young. so like, goofy. I feel like they had. I mean, it's it was a good thing and a bad thing, but they didn't really have like any heavy guidance but that's also the reason why they got screwed over so heavily in their record deal big big time and you, it's funny you mentioned that because I was looking at who is a, who helped them with this album and yeah, it, it Pebbles helped. and uh, yeah it was a, a lot of great producers Dallas yeah. Austin uh, Babyface uh, Jermaine Dupri yep. Sean Puffy Combs yeah Babyface and Pebbles are the two that screwed them over though really yeah like there's an interview and Left Eye was saying like because someone was like, how does it feel that you've won all these Grammys? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, we've won all these Grammys, but we're still broke. <laughs> like, how someone explained to me why we're winning these Grammys, but we're still broke. Yeah, yeah. And it was real. And, it like, they talked about, like, how they really were broke. And they didn't really start seeing any money until their third album, Fan Mail, mm-hmm. which was released in, like, I think it was early 2000s. And they were already in a down downhill spiral. I mean, that's when so much music came out between yes. this album and that last album. Yes. And it's funny to think that none of that, I think, would happen if there was Twitter or Instagram Yeah, around. if there was social media, I feel like they definitely would have been saved. They, um, they'd pull a Cardi B and be like, where's my money? Yes, Where? exactly. That, I mean, you just had so... I feel like with them, they just had two people who, like said they had their best interest at heart but really mm-hmm. didn't well that's what happens when you're 20 years old and you sign a yeah, record album they were young they were young they were carefree they were just having fun yeah look at Taylor um, Swift and how she got her all of her albums just bought up underneath her uh, yeah. by that manager Scooter and yeah. and now it's like what are you what are you gonna do yeah being young if you're gonna be young just go with the DJ Cash era route <laughs> 
work your ass off. The DJ Cash era route, I'm going to tell you, not even a sign of a label. Don't even sign to a label. Don't even point. sign? Because you know, what's the point now, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Tidal and all these other streaming platforms are giving independent artists the right to mm-hmm. post their own music and collect all their own revenue. And it, so, it, to this day, is Chance still not signed to an to As far as I know, if he's not signed. Wow. But, like, someone like Saba, Saba's not signed. I like, like Saba. Saba mm-hmm. and Pivot Gang are... Mm-hmm amazing mm-hmm. i love those guys i get to work with a lot of them all the time they are amazing and they're not signed to a label as far as i know of you got to take your time and don't sign to a label this is the next song yes. take our time like no name no name isn't signed y- you know i've been hearing more and more about what, no name yeah no name is cold <laughs> she's actually really really funny too like she's she very is? sarcastic yeah so who who are your favorite artists right now in chicago who should we keep Ooh, our eye on chicago artists mm-hmm. uh pivot gang off top pivot easily gang. pivot gang um jamila woods she's dropped a new project it is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. chance the rapper of course as he's getting ready to drop his album this month um oh man who else no name valet i like valet a lot valet um kid ken is good yeah kid ken kid ken you know is does he spell it k dot e dot n no, no, he doesn't. It's kid, K-I-D-D, and then Ken, K-E-N-N. Okay, okay. Yeah, he runs with Queen Key a lot. Queen Key? Yeah, those okay. two. Um, oh, my gosh. What is what is his name? Femdot. How do I know that name? Femdot is yeah, cool. Yeah, Femdot. He's good. Is that a DJ or is that a No, he's rapper. a rapper. Okay. He's a rapper, Femdot. Ooh, King Marie. King Marie is a DJ and a singing artist. And okay. She just dropped her EP. Um, that's... That's my little big sister, cause she's she's smaller than me, but she's older than me. Uh, that's my little big sister. You know, I hope yeah. every, I hope they're all watching this right now and just feeling the love. Yeah, from our Facebook I hope live. I hope everybody. Well, yeah, you, I have so much love for the city for sure. When are you gonna drop your album? Like, oh uh, no, are you collecting beats? No, 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 no. Are you no, trying? No. To I'm not a rapper. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. My best friend, no, no, Sandrick. I'm, I'm talking about just an instrumental album. Oh, uh, instrumental album. Yeah. I do not make beats yet. Okay. I'm still learning. Which also, Shondrick is another person to watch out for whenever he decides to drop his album. That's mm-hmm. my best friend. Um, yeah, I don't know how to make beats yet. Okay. I'm still learning. I feel like you're you're gather- like you did when you were young, though. You're gathering all the information that yeah. really just pop out. That's the thing. I hope, I mean, I hope that's what happens to where I just keep gathering the information and then just doing it. You're going to explode I have like a supercomputer. I have a fear. fear of making, yeah, I have a fear of producing why? beats. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid to do it, so I haven't been putting that much energy into it yet. You want to hear something funny? Like, there's something about doing something and failing a few times that kind of is mm. liberating. Because when I was first starting playing music, and I'm sorry, I was talking behind the microphone like a total uh, amateur. No, you're good. Person. You've been projecting. <laughs> I can still hear you in my headphones. I'm projecting. <laughs> but I was saying when I was when I first started playing music, and I was trying to figure out how I'd, I'd create my sound or I would find, you know, any kind of songwriting. I went into it, I went into it knowing that I would suck. Mm-hmm. I went into it knowing that the first hundred songs that I wrote and the first hundred shows I played were gonna, going to be bad. Wow. And knowing that was very freeing because I would just write my songs about, you know, hanging out in the woods or or a girl that I like or, yeah. or you know, a best friend or if somebody makes you mad, you just write a song that were like you know, a lot of just A-B rhymes, really easy, you mm-hmm. know, could, would, uh, he, sh- he, whatever, right. he, me. <laughs> Tell me, he, me. Already, already I'm could. still trying to fi- figure could out would. these rhymes. <laughs> okay. And um, 
when I was doing that though, it helped me kind of release that fear. Mm. And then a lot of it came from like putting stuff online and, and being, you yeah. know, just it's showing myself in the it. world. Getting feedback, whether it be good or bad, because I know that some people are like, what the hell is he doing? This is, <laughs> what is going on here, man? You know just, what? I had someone ask me the other day. I, because uh, I used to make DJ mixes when I was like first started out. Uh huh. And I have them hidden away in a vault. Oh. On a flash drive. <laughs> Far away from the world, <laughs> but, buried underneath a yes, it's it's hidden to where it's like you would never know they're there anymore. But people who are like have heard me DJ from the beginning till now, I had one of them come up to me and she was like, "You know what, Sarah, you're doing really really good because you used to suck." And I was just like, "Oh wow. my god!" Just my right heart. In your face. She hit so heavy. She was like, "No, I'm saying this is a way to congratulate you." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Thank you so much. I feel so much better now." Mm-hmm. But she, I get what she was saying. Like it was great. It was great for her to be able to see my progression. So I get what you're saying. Did it make you feel um, better when she said that? Yeah, a little bit. I was like, "Oh, you paid attention to me." She mm-hmm. was like, "At first, I was a little worried about you. Like, this might not work." But you kept going, and you got better with it. You kept practicing at it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, "All right, thank mm-hmm. you." Oh, see, that's good. A yeah. little constructive criticism never hurt anybody. Yeah, my best friends noticed it too, though. Like, they've noticed like the changes that I've done with my mm-hmm. DJing style and whatnot. Like, now I'm at a point where I barely use headphones. Wow. So I've been challenging myself to memorize all of the songs in my library to where I know how they start, how they end, and where like the choruses, the breakdown, know all the lyrics, everything. My gosh. And as of right now, I know every single song in my library. Wow. How big is your library? <sighs> couple couple thousand. Couple thousand, couple thousand songs. Because I have everything from like Motown and other oldies to disco to 80s, 90s, early 2000s, today's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm known for always blending in nostalgia and throwbacks into my sets. Yeah. All right, let's have into the next song real quick with Buster Rhymes. Can I get a witness? Another interlude. Another interlude. You know, I, I think that uh, this CD maybe should have been called TLCI. Interlude. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just straight the, up interlude. The interlude. <laughs> That's it. The interlude. So, okay, so you're diving into your career and uh, you're finding out, out, meeting all these great people. Are there, yes. what has been like the one shining moment that you've had thus far in the, the career of DJ Cashier? Oh my gosh, I have to pick one. Um, yeah. I think, I think I have two. Okay, we can we can deal with two. We have time on this podcast. Yeah, I have, we still have, I have two, songs two, left. two top ones. <laughs> um, the first one, uh, with Louder Than a Bomb, they asked me to DJ the Louder Than a Bomb finals at the Roosevelt Auditorium mm-hmm. in 2017, and that was the same year that I graduated from Columbia. Mm-hmm. So, um, LTF finals like they sold out the entire auditorium, mm-hmm. and they threw me on the stage, and I said to DJ for the first half while people were filling in their seats. And they were like t-shirt cannons on the stage and they're throwing out t-shirts to people. Um, a group by the name of the Happiness Club was on stage dancing with us. And it was just a beautiful moment. And I just took a step back and just looked like there's over 400 people in here. Mm-hmm. I am walking across this stage in two months to get my diploma. And I'm DJing on this very stage right now, making all these people sing and dance with me. Wow. Um, that moment. And then last year when I went to London... Yeah, tell us about that story. How did that even come to be? You DJed in London. Yeah. Everything paid for. 
Yeah, almost. All okay. I had, all I had to pay for, for all I paid for was my trip round flight. Everything else was covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I DJed a poetry event at Oak Park River Forest, and the keynote speaker they had there was from London. Her name is Rachel. And after the event, she came up to me and she was like, I love your DJ style. I'm from London. Your DJing is unlike anything I've ever heard before. I want I want you to come out and DJ my organization's event in June. So she followed up with me on an email and we started talking, going back and forth. And it was literally like two or three days after the Gay Pride Parade last year. Which you are on the the float master, I guess we can call you. Yeah, something the, like that. Hopefully, I get to be do. Hopefully, I get to do it again next year. You you provide all the music for WGN Radio as we ride in the parade, yes. uh, the Pride Parade, which yes. has hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, and this they, year they projected a million to be out there. My gosh, it's yeah. the biggest crowd ever. Yeah, and you so, look like you're having the best time. I love up it. There. Oh my I gosh, I love it. Like last year when they asked me to DJ the Pride Parade, I literally cried. Like after <laughs> I said yes and I left the station, I started bawling my eyes out because it was a dream came true. Oh. I called my mom. I'm like, Mom, we made it. They want me to we DJ the it. Pride Parade. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying my eyes out. Like last year June, it was just like I did a music festival. Pride Parade, left for London, came back and like went right back to work. Holy smokes. Um, But yeah, as far as London, you know, she told me what the event was. So I locked in that one day and then I went to Kevin Colville, who is like the guru of the world. Yeah. He knows people all over. uh, Hosted the Corner Store podcast, which also you produce. Yes, indeed. Here on WGN. Yes, Mm -hmm. only on WGN. Mm -hmm. Um, But I told him like, hey, I got this offer to go to London. Can you help me get booked? And he reached out to the Ace Hotel out there, and they gave me a night to spend. I booked my flight, and I was gone for a week. But while in London, um, I was the I was the outlier, and I was the person with the accent, of course. But during my set, like I got nervous because I'm just like the artist, the DJ before me played all Afro beats, mm-hmm. um, as that's very prevalent in London. What what's what is Afro beats? Afro beats is. Think of it like Chicago house music, okay, but a little bit more rhythmic and has more lyrics in it. It's like an actual okay. song. Okay, where like house music is more just like a, a repeated beat mm-hmm. and repeated lyrics. Afrobeats is like that, but actually has like a full song over it. Okay, um, cool. So I, when I heard the Afrobeats rhythm, I'm like, well, this is like our house music. Yeah, and I started playing house music, and people started dancing the same way. There is like. Oh, what is this? And mm-hmm. I told them like, oh, this is house music, and it just allowed people to understand like the intersectionalities. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not from London, but I know music that's like what you guys have here. But I remember I played "Candy" by Cameo, and everyone in the room did the electric slide together, <laughs> which is what which is what wow. I see people do here. So when I saw them do it there, I was just like, wait a minute, I am hours away from home. I don't know anybody out here but Rachel and two other people. Mm-hmm. I am making an entire room do the electric slide. <sighs> what are the odds of this? That you you bring people together is what you're doing. Yes, and it was it was such a beautiful experience, and I think I will forever hold that so dear to my heart. Just Man. being able to go to London by myself, my first time traveling overseas at all, and people did the electric slide to my DJing. I love that story so much thank you <laughs> and thank also you. because mainly because i love choreographed dances <laughs> it was beautiful it was so beautiful and they were on beat 
They were they were in rhythm together as a unit. You, that's rare to see out here. Oh my gosh, that's just the power of music. Yeah. Right, we have two more songs left. This is Switch by TLC, and then we'll dive into the rating at the end of it for the last song. We, ooh, this is kind of funky. It's mm, a little sample it's of. A sample. Uh, what's what's this the sample of again? Oh. Dun dun dun. Who do you think you are, Mister yes. Big Shot? Yes. Yeah. Thank okay, you. see, I, this is why I love diving into these albums. Um, you learn something new. Indeed. So you were out in, in London bringing people together with your yes. music and everything. Is, is there times when you just go through a set, I'm sure there are, when you just like kind of go on autopilot the entire time, and then you get, have, do you try to be more present with your music now that you had that mm. moment of the electric slide when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm playing music and people are dancing and having the time of their lives and I'm making it happen. Mm, I feel like the only time that I go on autopilot is when it's like, when it's a gig where I know that I'm just background music Mm -hmm. and no one's really there to listen to me. I'm just there to feel like the quiet spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as making people dance, my goal with every set is to either make you dance, make you sing, or give you a moment where you're like, oh, I remember this song. Mm Um. Yeah, if I can, if I can do that, then I feel like I did my job. Like yeah. I know that some people don't like to dance, some don't like to sing, some don't like either. But if I can just play some song that you haven't heard in a while, or a song that like takes you back to a summer that you did something, mm-hmm. or like whatever season, if I can give you that moment and I can see it on people's faces every mm-hmm. time it happens, it's also be like, oh, I haven't heard this song in however long. Yep, yep. And they just get excited and happy about it. Um, that's one of my favorite moments like the other day I was at an event and I played TLC's uh, the All That theme song that's right TLC wrote the All, they wrote that, the all theme that theme song Nickelodeon but mm-hmm. when I play it in a room full of 90s babies mm-hmm. we haven't heard that song in so well they haven't I play yeah. it all the time Yeah. but they haven't heard that song in so long mm-hmm. so it's like it takes you back when well, you remember the Amanda show and mm-hmm. you remember all the little skits they did Yeah. and you just remember like mm-hmm. all the graphics of the TV show and getting this be at home with like your mom and she really yes. making grilled cheese sandwiches in the back yes, or yes. everything and mm-hmm. like playing that song and just seeing everybody get excited and start singing it together it is so beautiful to watch oh man see that's the power of music absolutely I, I think music has a stronger tie to memory than things like smell even sometimes yeah absolutely I, mean, I feel like music can sometimes tie you into a smell mm-hmm. like certain songs you'll be like oh I remember I was at so and so's barbecue yeah and you'll remember like yeah. what was grilling on the grill yes yeah. you know I was remember I I was running the other day, and so I, went, I put it on shuffle on my on my playlist or something, and I got flashed back to like a time when I was at, when I was getting done with like theater rehearsal, mm. and I was like, why am I remembering this like super strange memory? Yeah. And it was because I was listening to that song when it happened. Yep. It was like, I, it's crazy the way your mind works, yeah. and the, just the power of music. And you're talking about making people dance, making people sing, making people yeah. feel good. They talk about the power of music as far as it could pick. It could take somebody who has Alzheimer's and they can remember a song, yes. but they can't remember their name. Yes. How crazy is that? Yeah. Oh, man. Let's dive into our last song, Something Wicked Comes This Way, featuring 
uh, up and coming indie artist back then, Andre 3000. Yeah, their features on this song. So on, their, on this entire album, rather, went crazy. It's incredible. The, the sample credits alone spans two pages of printed paper. Yep. Everyone, Charlotte Asbury, D- Dallas Austin, BB, Andre 3000, Bernaski, uh, CeeLo, Sean Puffy Combs, Babyface, uh, Brian Fry, Tim Kelly, Deborah Killings, Tori Lorenz, Jermaine Dupree, and that's not even half of it. I think just even like being able to list off all these artists, like especially like someone like Puffy and CeeLo and Jermaine Dupree, like Puffy and Jermaine were like monumental producers mm-hmm. in the 90s and still are now. Like you can't list all producers without thinking of them too and so many others. Um, yeah. But it just goes to show like how how many people believed in these yeah. three girls. That's like right. you couldn't deny what they were going to do and what they were going to become. And it was like you wanted to be a part of their sound. You yeah. wanted to help them get to the next level. Be um, part of the team. And you know what? Yes. We forgot to mention in the beginning, I did say four mm, names and you yeah, said, Who the like, hell is that? Who's that fourth name? That <laughs> name is not belong. But after you read about it, I'm like, Yes. Okay, so the thing is, what, what were the four names we have? Tion Watkins. Tion Watkins. Crystal Chris Jones, Jones. Lisa Lopez. Rosanda Thomas. Mm-hmm. Crystal Jones is the one that I was like, Who is, like, who the hell is Crystal? That don't belong. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, so when the group was originally becoming together, Crystal was a part of the group, and uh, yeah, she wasn't really hitting the sound. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chili came along because mm-hmm. originally it was always uh, wait, I might be wrong. It might be T Boz that came in. Either way, Left Eye was always in it. Yeah, she was always Left in Eye it. was always there from the beginning. <laughs> um, but yeah, Crystal wasn't working out. And they brought in, I want to say they brought in Chili. I'm like 95% sure they brought in Chili. Um, so then Chili came in, and that's where you get TLC from. But I don't even know that Crystal is listening on any songs. I don't know that she has any vocals on any songs. Not that I know of. So I, I feel like if I walk around the street and ask anybody, like, hey, who are the members of TLC? They're going to be like... T-Boz Left Eye Chili and I'm like no who's the original and they're gonna look at me like I'm speaking a foreign language (laughs) and ask me if I know who TLC really is so yeah I don't know who Crystal is but she didn't make the cut no I mean same thing like with Destiny's Child though because Destiny's Child had like two randoms twice yeah the only two that always stuck was Beyonce and Kelly yeah yeah, I mean, even bands like the Beatles yeah. uh, had uh, Pete Best and everything. And it, yep. You know, I feel like for every great band, one person one person get always gets cut. And I, I, you know what? This is why I would hate to be in a group. <laughs> right. I don't want to be the one that gets cut. <laughs> I feel like that would be me. I'd be like, I'd get the hairstyle. I'd go, I'd go and buy the convertible Man. and the chains like right from the get go. And they'd be like, Sorry, Mike. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, you did great on that one song. We want a different sound. We no longer need you. Like, I don't want to be the person that gets cut. I'd be like, What do you mean you don't need a tamper? Marine player. This is my role. Yeah, because then I feel like, and then once you get cut, you have to watch what they do after Uh you. And it's like, oh, I could have been there. Yeah. I should have been there. That's the worst. So there is a, the, I think there's one story that I read in, in, uh, well, it's, it's a legendary rock and roll story. The band Metallica had one mm. of the greatest guitar players of all time. Yes. And then he got kicked out of the band and created Megadeth, which was, yeah kind of Metallica light but he needed to watch Metallica just become the biggest hard yep. rock band ever well he got to sit and, and like never 
get that kind of fame. I, that See? would make me so That's what I wouldn't want. bitter. So I wouldn't bitter. want that. Huh. So I got cut, and now look at me. Yeah. Look at what I'm doing now. Look at what they're doing. They <laughs> left me behind. Like, it has to hurt. It, this video right here for this is just showing, like, uh, it was showing clips of the crash when mm-hmm. when Left Eye crashed. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know that was that yeah. was that was a running thing. Do you remember when MTV would do those documentaries and they yeah. would talk about the way she was kind of feeling that something was off in her yeah. life and like then like a week it. later. But she always said that she felt like she was going to pass at a young age. Yeah, she had a really um, tough life. I mean, she had a uh, she was always uh, upfront about her personal life and difficult past. Yeah. Came from abuse, alcoholic background, problems with alcohol herself, lit somebody's house on fire. Yeah. I mean, she she had a pretty troublesome life. I mean, life. I feel like she was the original hot girl. Like Meg the Stallion <laughs> has it right now, but Lisa mm-hmm. Left Eye Lopez definitely kicked off the hot girl with setting that man's house on fire. Yeah, so a, a quick question, quick trivia question. What's up? How, what was her uh, penance for setting that guy's house on fire? Oh, Did she go to jail? How many years? How many she went to jail? Did she have to pay a fine? Did she go to jail? Five years probation and and therapy at a halfway house. See, I knew she didn't go to jail. Burning jail. a person's house. She didn't go to jail, jail. I knew she didn't go to jail, jail. No way. Because, I mean, but also yeah, the reason why she burned his house down, like, after hearing the reasoning, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Because they were dating, and she came into the house and just saw, like, all these different bags of clothing that he bought for another woman. Mm-hmm. And she kept asking him, was he cheating? Mm-hmm. He had gotten caught before. Mm-hmm. Said that he wasn't gonna do it again, and then got caught red-handed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I feel like sometimes men don't listen. Mm-hmm. But if you set their house on fire and everything that they've just purchased, they might listen to you. <laughs> things turn around real quick. Yeah, I think if you bring out a match and some lighter fluid, things might things might go your way. But also, she had meant to just keep it confined to the bathroom yeah she put everything in the tub and lit that on fire yeah but she put too much lighting fluid on it and it went throughout the entire house i know so much more about tlc than i thought i did wow i really really have watched their documentaries a lot (laughs) you're a wealth of knowledge with this well with that are you ready to dive into i have three final questions to ask you before we close out this let's do this all right three final questions you're a producer here at wgn you have access to a lot of people have you ever tried to interview or uh speak to anybody from tlc no i have not um would you ever i think i would i'm actually going to see them in concert in August. Really? Um, so I'm excited about that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I never reached out to them. Okay. Have you ever met any of them? No. Okay. I've met a lot of celebrities but never anybody from TLC. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I low-key want them to go on like a, a tour. Like even if it's like another like, kind of like what Millennium Tour did. Mm-hmm. It's like a 90s tour. And, like, they come out and go on a tour. I think that would be great. Then I would try my best to interview one of them. What if, like, they went on tour and, like, you know, they built a super group where, like, Cardi B stood in for Lisa Lutton? Nah, it couldn't be a Cardi B. It couldn't be a Cardi B. Okay. I think, ooh, I feel like, no, mm, I can't even think of a rapper that could stand in for Left Eye. Because I was thinking, like, what artist embodies yeah that kind of energy that type of energy and mentality yeah and i don't know hmm. i don't know That's i a think tough one. i can't even think of one i think i would push for a meg the stallion oh or a tiara whack uh, 
You know what? I was just thinking think that. I'm like, Tierra what is Wack. Tierra Wax? I, I couldn't remember her name for a second. I, think, I saw her at I South I think a Tierra Wax might hit. Holy smokes. She is the hottest, and, and I think she's at the top of her game right now. She well, is. Not, she's not even building. getting enough credit she's yet. She's building. She's not getting enough credit yet. Yeah, I saw her at yeah. South by Southwest, one of the greatest uh, performances I saw yeah. that entire time. Tierra Wax. I think Wack. a Tierra Wax would fit. If they wanted a stand-in, I would put my bid in for... Tierra Wack. That's awesome. Okay, That's so my bid. All right, so how about you're you're at the karaoke bar? Yes. What's your go-to TLC song? Ooh, um, No Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Or uh, What About Your Friends? Ooh, yeah. I like that. The B side. Yeah, those those are my go-to's. Uh, finally, you're in a room with them. You get to ask. I'm them in a what, room with TLC. With TLC, and okay. post hominously, it could be you know whatever you whatever you feel. You're in a room with TLC. Okay. What's one question you would ask them? Oh my gosh. If I oh if I was in a room with TLC and I could ask them any one question, mm-hmm. I think I would ask them, what do what do they think about today's music and do they do they believe if they were making the songs that they made in the 90s today would it have the same social impact that it did in the 90s that's a great question that's yeah I think that I think that they would appreciate that because you'd probably see into the music they were trying to make yeah. because as we were talking about, the lyric, the lyrical composition of what they put together on this album, which I thought before going into it with you was just a bunch of pop songs. No, seeing this, all their songs. I mean, even like No Scrubs. No Scrubs is telling you like, ladies, do not date a bum. <laughs> like, don't do it. It's clever, but it's also like, look, <laughs> you have standards. Don't <laughs> let him play you. <laughs> like, all, I feel like all of their songs hit. Um, like they have one song called His Story Mm -hmm. and it literally talks about and no one ever plays it Mm -hmm. but it literally talks about how like when a man states something it's taken as fact when a woman says something it's questioned Mm -hmm. and it's like it's so real like you can listen to it today and you would think that they recorded it yesterday because it's like wait a minute that that's that that's very true Hold on, like, wait a minute. Yeah. I feel like all their songs like that, where it's just a whole such a heavy societal impact. But yeah, that's what I would ask them, because I feel like, I feel like all the other typical questions they've been asked, like, oh, what's your biggest regret as an artist? Or mm-hmm. if you would go back, what would you do differently? They've already answered those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might ask them, like, hey, if you guys go on tour, can I be your DJ? <laughs> I think that I think that would be my other question, too. I think that would be a fair question yeah, to ask. Like, like if you hey, get the one time in the room, you're not going to ask to go on tour with them? I'm definitely asking to go on tour. <laughs> or just even do a show with them or, like, stand backstage and watch, like, mm-hmm. something. I just want to be near the stage when they do their thing. <laughs> I love it. All right. So uh, we we rate these albums. It's on a scale of one to seven. Four is the true neutral. It's the Avenge seven scale. So after listening to TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, what do you give this album? I will give it a 5.5. 5.5. 5.5. Pretty strong. I mean, mm. I thought you were going to go all the way to the top. No, not all the way to the top. Because I feel like I feel like they have better albums. I kind of feel like Ooh on the TLC tip is a better album. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'll give it a 5.5 because I just feel like they've definitely... This is a heavy-hitting album, mm-hmm. but I think compared to their other pieces of work, yeah, um, they have other work that holds stronger. 
I love it. Well, that is probably where I would go to as well. I mean, I went into it thinking this is going to be a pop album. We're going to go through it. I didn't realize it had so much social impact and so mm-hmm. many through lines that I wasn't even looking at. And the sampling of the album is pretty cool, too. Yes. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Solid five, though. All right. Solid five. Cause, I'll take it. Because I think that looking back at this album, I would have given it a lower rating before. But after going through with you, I think we learned a lot together. There we go. All right. Where can we find more of your stuff, your info? Where can we see your van? <laughs> yeah, my, my, your, my your mobile. Yeah. Um, I am on all social media platforms, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I am there at symbol DJ Cash Era. DJ Cash like money, era like a new era hat. And then if you want to find events that I'm at, you can go to my website, djcashera.com on the events page and you will see a rolling calendar of where I am day by day. You are everywhere and I can't thank you enough for joining us on Two Dudes thank One Disc. Thank you for having me. This was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. All right, let's I will see you guys next week. Thank you again DJ Cash Era. See her everywhere. Thank you TLC. Later. Yeah.